Thank you so much for tuning in to Encounter AZ's podcast. We are believing that God is going to use this ministry to change your life. Now enjoy the message. Father, we just thank you for your pursuit of us, Lord. We want to return the favor in 2018, God. We want to say our heart's pursuit is you, Jesus, and your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven, Father. We want to reach people, Lord. We want to see lives changed as we pursue you. We believe that other people are going to follow that pursuit in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you have head back to your seat if you're up front, we're going to begin. Thank you, worship team. Hey, I want to pray for a second. We've had a lot of families. I have about five families uh, message this morning saying they couldn't make it because they're sick. And so I just want to pray over your family and our church. We've had some people that have been sick for over a month. Uh, like I know Pastor Josh and, and Jen, they've had uh, a lot of sickness in their house as well. And may, probably a lot of you, it's caught you. It's a terrible season. But we're just going to pray. Father, I'm just asking this morning, God, that that this sickness, God, that's going around, Lord, would cease, and we just take authority over. We pray healing over every household associated with Encounter AZ in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you like my shirt, I need to show you there's one other shirt. Uh, where is Jenna at? Oh, show up. Come up front. Let me embarrass you and show you. This is more if you don't know what this shirt means, then you're not a millennial and you don't want it. So you could get this one. This is our other one. It says, Wake Up, Pursuit, Slay. And if you don't know what that means, we can explain it after. It just means go for it, kill it, get it, okay? Go ahead and have a seat. Thank you. These are going to be $15. If you want to order one, you can choose the color and talk to Pastor Joey. What's that? You got something? More e-shirts? If you want an e-shirt as well, if you haven't seen those, Pastor or Joey, we stand up and show those off? Cool. So if you want one of those, talk to Joey. He's making uh, the shirts for us. He has a machine in the back that he uses, and we're grateful that he uses uh, his gifts for the church. Hey, I want to talk to you this morning in this first week of our pursuit series uh, from the subject, Seven Dangerous Prayers. Seven Dangerous Prayers. I want to give you some different prayers this morning that God has put on my heart that I, I actually, this morning, I'm going to dare you to pray these prayers. And you'll see why in a few minutes. But this whole series is founded on the fact that um, God has really been putting it on my heart that we got to get the first things right. And pursuit is foundational in your relationship with God, right? I hear people say, Brent, I've been doing good. You know, I, I haven't done this sin in a long time, and I've been feeling good. I've been reading my Bible, but then, I, but then I still feel empty. And you know what I've realized? A lot of times we try and change behavior, but we don't have the foundational thing right, and we never end up getting to where we want to go because our foundation isn't right. And if it's all, if our foundation is for Christ, then, then our marriage will be good as a result because me loving my wife is me loving Christ and, and everything else starts from that foundation. Does that make sense? And so this ladder is not up here because someone forgot to put it away. It's actually, I want to talk. This is basically everything I want for my family on the peak of this. This is my faith. This is everything I want for my family, my finances, everything I want for my personal relationship, my intimacy with Christ, and everything I want for this church on top of that ladder. And you know what I've realized is there's no way to skip a step in this ladder. It's not safe. You shouldn't do it. Like if I said, you know what, I just want to get up here and I tried to jump to there. Should I try it? I knew somebody was going to say, yes, you hate me. Um, but the first things first, if I want to get to there, the foundation first has to be I take a step of pursuing God. And then I can't just get to here without getting here. And sometimes we get discouraged because we're not here, but we haven't taken the foundational things and put them first. And I think pursuit of God is the most foundational thing ever. I need you this morning to stop believing the lie that anything on earth can give you more pleasure than intimacy with God. 
There is nothing on earth that can give you more pleasure than intimacy with God because everything else flows from that foundation. So if you've, you've caught yourself asking, why, how did I get here? What's going on? Probably your foundation isn't pursuing God because everything else flows from that. And there's no shortcuts in pursuing God. It's like a, a New Year's resolution. There's no shortcuts. Have you realized that? We're on what, January 7th today? And some of you may have given up already. Come on, get, some, <laughs> get the courage and the boldness this morning to carry on. Maybe some of you this morning, you decided to sign up for the gym on January 1st. And I don't know if you're like me, but there's no shortcuts at the gym. And the first day you work out, you go home and you look in the mirror and you think, what in the world is going on? Why are my muscles not big yet? Why am I not fit yet? I don't understand. I ran on that treadmill for 30 minutes and I looked the same. This is not working. There's no shortcuts. Also, if maybe you, you made a commitment on January 1 to get healthier in 2018. And if you're like me, I'm a big baby when it comes to like a diet. And if I diet for a day and I don't lose weight, I get discouraged. Like what in the world? I didn't eat a Snickers all day and I still look the same. This is not working. And sometimes in, the, in our relationship with God, it's the same way. We, but we have to understand there's no shortcut to getting everything you want for your marriage and your family. It starts there. It starts with me pursuing God as a foundational thing. And we see our lives broken and empty sometimes. And we ask ourselves, why God? How did I get to this place? Where are you? But the Bible tells us that God draws near to those who draw near to him. So we, we're asking God, where are you? But a fill, fulfilled life is actually found as we pursue him. God, I don't understand how I got here. How did this happen to me? I love God. How did I end up addicted? I love God. How did I end up hurting my loved ones? How did I end up so bitter? How did I end up so broken? How did I end up so insecure? The truth is you lost track of a foundational pursuit of God most of the time. And as, as our heart's desire and our foundation is not set on pursuing God, then we start pursuing other things and things fall apart and we say, how did I get here? Because we lost track of our first love and the foundational thing is to pursue God. So I want to talk to you about a foundational thing in your pursuit with God this morning and that's prayer. We're a church that believes you pray first and not as a last resort. We don't wait till there's red and blue lights in our rear view mirror to start praying. We believe that we can pray first. Before all these things and before, before we do things, we pray. It's foundational. I want to give you seven prayers that will change your life if you have the guts to pray them. And you say, Brent, I, don't, I can pray anything, whatever. Well, take notes this morning because I believe if you don't need these prayers right now, I believe that at some point in your future, you're going to need these prayers and they're going to change your life if you let them. If you don't pray them this morning or whenever, nothing changes. But if you do pray them, everything has to change. My heart has to change if I pray them. These are prayers that some of us want to skip over, but we believe that when we pray, we believe it's crucial because God hears and he responds and he wants us to speak to him. James chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says this. It should be on the screen. It says, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I love how this starts out. It says, Elijah was a human just as we are. But he prayed, and God heard his prayer. Um, and Elijah said, no more rain. It didn't rain for three and a half years at the prayer of a man. And then Elijah said, let it rain. He said, let it rain before any rappers were making it rain. He said, make it rain, and it rained three and a half years later. And it rained all over the whole land. Shut up, Josh. Um, then showers happened everywhere. 
He had access to God who could change circumstances. Do you know you have that same access as Elijah to God who can change circumstances? The same God you have access to. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we ask anything. But you know what's important? It's the very next part that actually justifies the asking. It goes on. Some people think they can ask anything they want of God and he'll do it, but it goes on to say, according to his will. If you ask anything according to his will, maybe the reason you haven't been seeing uh, what you're asking for is because it's actually not according to his will, it's according to your will. And if we ask something according to God's will, here's what it's saying, you'll get what you're asking for. Many, many times we don't get what we're asking for because it's our will, not his. But if my, will, or if my will begins to pray in a way that lines up with his will, all of a sudden things take place. When you get in alignment with God's desires for your family or your future or your finances or your faith, all of a sudden God says, that's a prayer I can do something with. I can answer that. God says, I can work with that. You want to do something according to my will? Let's do it. But this is where it gets dangerous. This is where it gets dangerous because this means we have to pray different types of prayers. This means I have to change my prayer life to line up with God's will, which is not always easy. Um, I have to ask you this morning before I tell you these seven prayers, are you ready for the change? Because the thing about change is when things change, things change, and we don't like change, right? Some of you, if you're like me, are resistant to change. But maybe, just maybe this morning you can have the boldness to say, God, I don't care what it looks like. If it's for you and it's what you want for my life, I'll, I'll do it. I'll pray. And that's what I hope that you'll say this morning. If you don't like change, this may be tough at you, but I hope you'll do it anyway. The first of my seven dangerous prayers is help me to hear you and obey. Help me to hear you and obey. We all, everyone wants to hear from God, right? Everyone loves when uh, we pray to God things like bless me and fix me and restore me and change me. And we love these types of things, but we don't like God help me to obey what you're saying. That's a little different. I want to hear from you, God. Um, but praying this prayer means actually setting aside some time to hear what God has to say. God, I want to hear you. I have to set aside some time to hear you and then give me the strength to actually obey you. That's when it gets dangerous because what if God asks you to separate yourself from a relationship? This is why it's dangerous. What if God asks you to forgive that parent that hurts you? What if God asks for you to forgive that person who spitefully uses you? What if God asks you to do something like be more generous what if God says to you that friend that's good to you isn't good for you and you need to separate yourself from that friendship? What if God says something like that? Because I want to hear him, but if I hear him, am I actually going to obey? See, we want God to fit in this nice little box that says I'll go to church and I'll sing the songs and I'll stare at Brent's shiny head for an hour, but, but, that, but that changes when all of a sudden we start praying prayers like, God, let me hear you and obey. Because when I hear from him, then all of a sudden it's not just about going to church. It doesn't fit in my box. It actually makes me change my actions in my heart when I say, God, help me to obey you. What I've learned is that God is actually speaking all the time. He's always speaking. I remember when I was growing up, some of you millennials, you don't know what I'm talking about right now, but just listen closely. There was this thing in a car, it was a car radio, but it wasn't digital, it was analog. 
And what that looked like is there was these dials and there was this bar in the middle and you'd turn the dial and the bar would go across like 98, 99, 100. And you had to actually find the channel. You couldn't just click a button to go to the channel. Actually, it did have it saved where you could click a button and then it, the bar would go right over there. But you had to actually find and you had to get real Real sensitive with it sometimes because that channel didn't come in well, so you were barely turning it, and then you'd get a frequency, and all of a sudden you could hear it. And then you'd go into, it'd be in the morning, you'd go into work or something, and it worked great, and then you'd come out, and you know what you'd have to do? It wasn't working anymore. You'd have to retune to the frequency. You know there's some Christians that heard from God years ago, and they think that's enough, but you need to retune to the frequency to hear from God every single day. We can't just hear from God years ago and think that's it. Some, we need to retune. God, I want to hear you ne- today. I don't want to live off yesterday's word. I want a fresh word for today. I want a new song in my heart. I want God to speak something to me today. I don't, I don't even want the same issue. I want a new issue to deal with. Don't you get tired of getting prayer for the same issues over and over? God, I want to get done with that, and I want to deal with something new. I want God to do something new. I want to tune in and say, what's your word today? I have a problem with not changing. I think Christians should own the market on change. We should be so ever-changing that people never know what to expect with us. I should be constantly allowing God to change me. I need a new encounter with God today. You need a new encounter with God today. You do. Imagine if you opened up a book and you read the first half of the book and then you just closed the book and thought you could just figure out the rest. That'd be silly. But sometimes we get caught up in Christianity and we just tell the story of our first chapter over and over. Can I tell somebody, it's time to turn the page. The story is not over. God is not finished with you. And he wants to do something in your life in this chapter, not what happened then. He wants you to pursue him. And just like something happened then, he's the same God now. You got to turn the page. He wants to do something in your life. He's writing a story and it's not about what happened back then. He's speaking now. God, help me to hear you and obey. He wants to do something in you. If, you. if you don't hear from God, it's probably not that God is not speaking. It's that you're not hearing him. What could that be? Maybe you need to get in tune because God is declaring things over you today. He's writing a new chapter for your life and he desires to show you what he has for you and he wants you to hear him. Maybe your lack of obedience is messing with the frequency. Maybe you've heard from God so many times and he keeps telling you the same thing and you forget and you never obey so you no longer can hear what he's saying. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. Most people like to keep God at a distance and only call him when you want something. But God is saying, I want to be close to you, to you in your life. I want to be able to whisper in your ear and you hear me. Pastor Jensen Franklin preaches a sermon called The Ministry of the Moth and he talks about in Hosea chapter 5. He, there's this story that he, tell, that he tells, the scripture tells about a moth, and it says God, God wants to come like a moth. He wants to come quietly and gently and speak to you. But he, then it's, Hosea says, if you don't listen to the moth, then I'll come like an eagle. And he says, if you don't listen to, like, to the eagle, I'll come like a lion. How many of you ever met the lion when God sends the lion after you? I've had that. Um, but I'm telling you, God wants, to hear, wants you to hear him. And he wants to speak to you in intimate relationship where you'll obey him. Will you pray this first dangerous prayer with me this morning? The second dangerous prayer is remove anything from me that's not like you. You know God is looking for clean vessels. 
God is looking for people that want to be used to stop, who are stopping the allowing of clutter of life to get in the way with your relationship with God. He's looking for people who will say, God, remove anything from me that's not like you. We live in a generation where people are asking what they can keep rather than what needs to be burned. Brent, how much of this can I actually get away with and still get into heaven? How, how much um, can I keep doing this and still get into heaven? How much can I cuss and it be, not be too gross to God? How much can I drink before it's actually beyond what I should be drinking? Can I tell you, we're asking the wrong questions. We're asking the wrong questions. Uh, we're asking, how close can I get to the line before I actually cross it? We should be saying, God, show me what's not like you so I can remove it from my life. I don't want to get as close as I can to sin. I want to get as close as I can to God and allow him to do something in my life. But it takes praying a dangerous prayer that says, remove anything from me that's not like you. Whether that be a thought, a pattern, a mindset, I'm not talking about a list of do's and don'ts. I'm talking about a personal conviction with the Holy Spirit that shows me what I need to do to win. Do you know we all might have something different in our lives that we need to do to win? Let me tell you what, for me, I have a crazy, crazy addictive personality. And for me to win, you might think it's silly, but it means I have to avoid anything that can get a hold of my life because I'm very, I have a very addictive personality. For instance, we bought uh, the kids a video game for Christmas and I finally beat it. I couldn't stop until I beat it. It was, that, it was so annoying. I hated life. I wish I never started it, but I have an addictive personality. And, and so what I have to do, if I've injured myself at work before when I was working in construction and, I had, and they gave me uh, pain pills and I realized I can't even take painkillers without my mind beginning to think wrong. I have to ask for ibuprofen. And that might not be you. You don't have to do that to win. But maybe for you, it looks like, you know, I know some Christians who say, I can't have a TV in my house. God bless them if that's what they have to do to win. I, maybe you can't watch R-rated movies. God bless you if that's what you have to do to win. Maybe you need a person who can hold you accountable that's close to you. Maybe you need to set up some accountability on your computer and your phone so someone who loves you can hold you accountable. If that's what you need to do to win, then that's what you need to do to burn some things in your life. Whatever it is you need to do, you need to do it. Maybe for you, it means getting rid of social media because you're looking for validation from people and that's not what what God needs you to have he needs you to have validation from him whatever it is you need to do to win you need to figure it out and say God remove anything from me that's not like you help me to win can God get into your thoughts into your speech into your actions can God switch your likes and dislikes or does he not have access to those things because that's what God wants he wants access not to take anything from you, but to give you everything that he created for you to have. And there's things in life that you think are adding to your life that are actually stealing from everything God created for you to have. You need to say, God, remove anything from me that's not like you. The problem is we try to get God to fit us. You know, in the scripture, in the, they used to make metal and they'd mold it into these images and they'd worship him. They'd try and worship these gods that they molded with their own hands. And we don't really do that in the church now. What we do is we say, God, I want you to be just like this. And then we build this thing. We say, this is how God is. And this is how he feels about me. And it's not according to scripture. It's just according to what I want. And boom, that's who he is. And I think God sometimes says, excuse me, that's not how it works. I carve you. I'm the potter, you're the clay. Will you allow yourself to be clay in the hands of the potter or do you want to be the potter? That's the question. 
and start carving a God that isn't real? Or are you too afraid to allow him to mold you? He loves you and everything he has for you is good, but you got to allow him in and say, God, I am asking you, take anything away from me that's not like you. The third prayer, help me to love people as you do. This is a dangerous prayer because it opens me up to have to love people that I don't love naturally. Because ha- we all have this like, we all have this limit, right? In my notes, I have a better word, a threshold. We all have a love threshold. I can love people up to here, but if they go beyond here, that's it. I'm done with them. Don't we do that? We even do it with certain sins. I can love people who lie, but stealing, that's just gross. That's disgusting. That's beyond my love threshold. I can love uh, people who um, are homosexual, but I cannot love racists. That's gross. That's beyond my love threshold. Do we all have a threshold? We do, don't we? We all have one. And maybe that means if I'm praying this prayer that I'm going to go out and I'm going to see a homeless person and my love threshold sometimes wants to say that's a person who needs to get a job. But you know what God says? He says that's a son or a daughter. God, help me to love people the way that you love people. Do you know that God had to look past some things to love you? See, he, he raised the threshold, didn't he? Because in the Old Testament, he said, this is a law. This is what it takes to be in relationship with me. And no one could do it, so he said, fine, I love whosoever will follow me. And so, in the same way, I asked God, you gotta, you gotta raise my love threshold to love people the way that you love people. Because my problem is sometimes... I don't have an easy time doing that. You know what we need? We need less fingers in the church and more thumbs. Because we all point fingers and say, this is where you need to change. And this is where they're, they're, they're disgusting. Look at that. Look how they're doing. And you know what? The way to change the environment around you is to point your finger at you and say, God, change me. And then everyone around you will begin to change. But we got to stop pointing fingers and stop using more thumbs. And I don't know if you know this this morning, but... You're actually someone's threshold. Do you know that? You make somebody sick. There is not a person here who is not beyond someone's love threshold. And it's weird to think about, but we have our love threshold. So does everyone else. And people are like, mm, I can stand them. But Joey, mm-mm. he gets on my nerves. And so the problem is we got to have a prayer that says, God, whatever it is that they struggle with, help me to love them like you love them. And you know what happens? That'll bring revival in a city. When we start to love people the way God loves people and not as, as the world wants to treat people or not as righteous people who think they have never been saved from anything want to treat people. No, we want to treat people the way God treats people because he treated me that way. He looked beyond his threshold and said, I love you anyways. And you know what the result was? It changed my heart. And if we can love people that same way, it will change their heart. The fourth prayer is, more of you, less of me. More of you, less of me, God. We live in a culture that is all about me. Not just me, you too. It's all about you. Have you realized that? Everything comes back to you. What kind of clothes do you wear? What kind of car do you drive? How many likes can you get on social media? How many people are following you? What's your job? How much do you make? It's all about me. And what can I do and what can I achieve? That's why the, sol- the selfie is so huge. You know, girls, you post a pic on Instagram or social media with a selfie, and you're the only one in the pic, but you post a scripture under it, and your eyebrows are on fleek, and it's great, but you post a scripture under it that says, 
as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul. And that doesn't make it any more spiritual. It's just about you. You're the only one in the pick. Let's be honest. If I throw some water on, your eyebrows are coming off anyways. But we make it all about us. You know what we need? We need less of me and more of him. You know what our life's goal should be if we serve Jesus is to become invisible. Less of me, God. If I die invisible but Jesus is famous, I've done my job. I've done my job. That should be the desire of my life. We all desire some degree of fame. It's human nature, right? Whether it's us weekly fame or whether it's uh, head of the PTA fame or employee of the week fame, uh, whether it's um, social media fame. But I need to tell you this morning, if you go nameless but he's gone famous, then you've done your job. Less of me and more of you. My life should be a reflection of Jesus. He should get all the glory. Number five, the fifth prayer. Use me however you want. Use me however you want. See, the thing is, we, we all say we want to be used by God, but a lot of times it's in a way that I want to be used. Right? All right, God, use me. Here's the ways that I find acceptable for you to use me. Hey, pastor, can I, can I sing? Uh, actually, no, you, we don't need you to do that. You're off key. If this was American Idol, you'd be kicked off. But we could use you to shake hands. You're really good with people. Would you shake hands at the door? Well, I don't really want to be used like that. Uh, you know what, God? I, I want to be used, but not to the people who used to know me. Can I just minister to the people who I've never met? Can I just do that? Because those people, they know my dirt. I have to go back and minister. Yeah, that's how I want to use you. God, how do you want to use me? Use me the way you want to use me. I remember Jesus praying in the garden and saying, Father, take this bitter cup from before me. You know, Jesus, or Father, I liked it when we, when we healed the sick. I liked it when we raised Lazarus from the dead. That was cool. And when we used two fish and five loaves, we had a fish fry. That was cool. But now being whipped, lied about, beaten, spit on, crucified, I don't know. That's not really how I want to be used. But then he prays this dangerous prayer and he says, nevertheless, your will, not my will be done. Your will, not my will be done. I wonder what would happen if we really laid down our lives in the hands of the master. What would that look like? I guarantee you, I see 12 men that did it in the New Testament and it changed the world around them. I guarantee you, if we found some people at Encounter who would lay down their lives before the master and say, God, use me how you want to use me, it would change a city. It would have to. You see, if we really ask God to use us how he wants to and our lives are in the hands of the master, we won't say, I, can't, I want to serve at the outreach, but I can't serve that early. No, we'll say, God, I'll serve you any time, any day that you need me to because I love you and my, hand, my life is in your hands. Uh, Brent, I'll be an usher, but I want to be the head usher. No, what if we ask you to carry a sign into the parking lot and wave people in? Are you too good for that? God, I want to be used how you want to use me, not necessarily how I want to be used. See, God is just looking for utensils. You know what? A fork doesn't complain about how it's used. It's just glad to have a seat at the table. I want to be one of those people who says, I don't care, God, how you want to use me. I'm just glad to have a seat at your table to be used by you. You know, someday I know God is going to take this microphone out of my hand and hand it off to someone else. And I hope on that day, I'm going to be the type of person who can say, God, what, what's next? 
Because guess what? He used me when I shook hands at the door. He used me when I was working in the sound booth. He used me when I was volunteering at the homeless shelter. He used me when I was working construction. He's going to use me somewhere, and it's not about me. God, use me how you want to use me. Because my life is in your hands as the master. He's looking for utensils. I'll make sure whenever God chooses, he can use me however he wants. The sixth thing, the sixth dangerous prayer is help me to never forget. Help me to never forget. I've realized many Christians, many followers of Jesus have Christian amnesia. You forget easy. We forget where we came from, right? I forget how bad life was before Jesus stepped in. I forgot how lonely I was. You forget that you couldn't get a girl until Jesus stepped in. You forget the things that you were going through. You couldn't get a job. You thought your marriage was over, but Jesus stepped in. You thought you couldn't have kids, but Jesus stepped in. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't forget that you were addicted, but in one step, Jesus delivered you from addiction. We can never be the type of Christians who forget. We need to pray, God, may I never forget how lost or broken or empty I was when you found me. I always want to remember that because sometimes I wonder at how God can love me. Do you ever do that? Not this pastor version of me. I'm talking about the lying, cheating, stealing, ugly sinner that he found. How in the world could God love me? Have you ever wondered at that? But yet he does. He died for that version of me. God, don't let me forget how I was when you found me and how you've changed me. It's a dangerous prayer because it keeps us reminded of how unworthy we are and how blessed we are to have a God who loves us anyways. Can I get the worship team to come up? If I forget, I may forget to live a life of generosity. I may forget to lay my whole life down. The last prayer I have a short video that I'm going to play in just a sec as you guys are getting ready to start us in worship. Is help me to see me how you see me. Let's start that video. Help me to see me how you see me. I'm a forensic artist. Worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them, they couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, Hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? I kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's 
She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. We see our, ourselves differently than other people see us, don't we? And I, and I know sometimes we see ourselves differently than God sees us. Sometimes it's easier to see other people the way God sees them than it is for us to look at a mirror and see ourselves the way God sees us. And you need to know this morning, if God were to tell you about yourself, it would sound like blameless. It would sound like pure and holy. It would sound like world changer. It would sound like virtuous woman of God. It would sound like mighty man of God. It would sound like loved. It would sound like worthy. It would sound like valued. This morning, you are not seen based on your mistakes or your setbacks. You're seen based on his son. When he looks at you, if you're in Christ, he, he sees Jesus. I need you to pray this dangerous prayer this morning that God will show you how you look to him. Everything in our life that we've done, every setback, every mistake that we made, he doesn't see those things. He doesn't see the addiction. He doesn't see that abortion. He doesn't see that setback. He says that's forgiven, and I want you to begin to see yourself the way that I see you. God looks at us, and he doesn't see the version uh, that we used to be, the things that we remember, that we think define us. He doesn't see the version now. He actually sees the version that he created us to be, and he invites us to walk in that. Would you do that with me this morning? Would you pray that dangerous prayer? God, help me to see you, or see me the way that you see me. Will you stand up to your feet with me this morning? Father, I'm just praying this morning, God, that there are some bold people in this room who will pray these prayers, God, because they earnestly desire to pursue you. And these prayers feel dangerous, God, because they change things. And I'm asking this morning, God, that it's our desire to reach the pinnacle of that pursuit in the heart. Our heart's desire is at the top of that ladder, God. And this morning, we want to begin to do the foundational things and say, God, it's time for you to put some things right in my life. God, I want to hear you and obey. God, I'm praying for that person in this place this morning who feels like they haven't heard you in weeks, months, or even years. God, I believe that you're still speaking to them. Let them tune in to the right frequency to hear from you, God. I believe this morning their ears are open. Let them make this space right now for you to speak in their life and give them the strength to obey it, trusting that you want what's best for them, God. Lord, I pray that you would just use people in this place the way that you want to use them. God, we'll set aside our expectations, Lord, and we'll lay them down and believe that you're going to give us the desires of our hearts, Lord, and that every way that you want to use us is according to your will is going to be good, Father. And we just ask that we just pray that we are thankful for even having a seat at the table to be used by you. Lord, I'm praying for that person who sees themselves and others incorrectly, God. Help us to love others the way that you love them. 
when we see other people, God, I pray that you would help us to raise our love threshold, that we'll see them the way that you see them. We'll be able to love beyond our own threshold because you overlook some things to love us. Let us do the same for other people. Even if we don't understand them, we're going to love people that sin differently than us. We're going to love people that look differently and act differently than us, Jesus, because you loved us. And help us to love ourselves the way that you love us, Jesus. I pray that when we go out of this place and we look in the mirror, we're going to see the fingerprints of God on our life. And we're going to call ourselves called and holy and righteous and gifted and known and valued because Jesus has called us those things. And we are who you say that we are. Help us to see ourselves that way this morning in Jesus' name. If you have some of these prayers or one of them might have stuck out in your mind that the Holy Spirit has spoken into your heart and said, I want you to pray this dangerous prayer this morning. I want to ask you as we begin to worship that you just begin in your heart to say, God, I hear your voice and I'm going to listen. I'm going to pray that dangerous prayer this morning. Give me the strength to walk it out. Can you worship with me? I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come up front right now. And as we worship for a couple minutes before we leave, I want to ask you, if you're here and you need prayer and you need someone to come alongside you and pray with you about these needs, they're here for you. Come on, let's pursue Jesus for a couple minutes.